This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Benner, and today I'm sharing episode 72 with Amy Carver and RJ Hackelman of Trips for Kids. Trips for Kids is a really cool nonprofit organization that has chapters throughout the United States, and they provide different programs for kids so that they can experience riding a bike. They find that the cycling experience is really transformative and can help to promote a healthy recreational lifestyle, environmental awareness, and personal empowerment for young kids of all communities. And they have a special focus on those in need. They are really working to create a world where every kid has the opportunity to ride a bike. And within the organization, Amy Carver is the program and development manager, and RJ Heckelman is the national recyclery and resource manager at Trip for Kids. In this episode, RJ and Amy talk about what Trips for Kids is, the work that they do for the organization, the transformational power that the bike can have on kids, some of the programs that they offer, and so much more. I am so excited to be able to share my conversation with RJ and Amy, but before we get started, I do want to share about the company Finley's. Finley's is a pet treat company, and they focus on creating pet treats that have all natural ingredients that your pets will love, and I know my dog does. I have bought the peanut butter and banana crunchy biscuits for him, and he just loves them when he gets those for a treat. And better yet, they do give 50% of their profits to initiatives that provide employment training, accessibility, health and wellness, and advocacy platforms for people with disabilities. And I'm so excited to be able to provide you all with 20% off of your order at getfinleys.com when you use the code Illuminate20. All right, I am so excited to bring you my conversation with Amy Carver and RJ Heckelman of Trips for Kids. All right, today on the podcast, I am so excited to welcome RJ Heckelman and Amy Carver. Welcome to the show, RJ and Amy. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it, Emma. Yeah, I would love if the both of you just introduced yourself and shared more about your role at Trips for Kids, which is what we'll be talking about because both of you are the two staff members at the awesome organization Trips for Kids. Well, uh, you know what, RJ, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, thank you for volunteering me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been with trips for kids, uh, Marin for about three years and, and then, uh, joined national, the national organization trips for kids, uh, at the end of last year. Uh, and what I do for the organization is wear a lot of hats, um, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Um, yeah, I, I, I run our eBay store, which is our national recyclery. I uh, send out all of our chapter support kits, um, 
I help write curriculum for the different programs that we offer uh, for our chapters. Uh, then I also do our sponsorship and partnership outreach and manage those relationships uh, and do a little bit of the back-end IT work as well. And yeah, there's uh, there's probably some stuff I'm forgetting, but that's, uh, that's the majority of it. And I also get lots of hats from our sponsors, so I literally wear many hats. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's, that's what we do. That's what I do. Uh, Amy, I'm passing you the torch. Well, I appreciate that, and I'll, and I'll take it and run with it. So, um, RJ, uh, as, as RJ has stated, um, you know, we actually, both of us, wear many hats to the organization because you're actually talking to the whole team right here of, of as, as far as staff for Trips for Kids. We are a staff of two, so we're a, a, a small but mighty team. Um, we uh, operate with uh, a wonderful uh, board who are very active, um, which we appreciate that or we couldn't do our jobs. Um, and then we also have um, some national volunteers. My role at the uh, at the organization is just like RJ um, states, um, we, we both wear many hats and sometimes um, the lines are crossed so that he and I, um, everybody gets to know both of us and, and what we do with the organization. So if one of us is unavailable, someone can contact the other person. But my main my main role is I handle um, I handle all the development work, uh, the fundraising, the marketing, um, the social media. Um, uh, I work with RJ, work with corporate partners um, uh, on, on that end. Um, I do all the administration, all the appeals, basically um, everything that would happen in a nonprofit organization. Um, if you are, are looking at any of our our Facebook feeds or Instagram, or you're receiving our newsletter, that's me um, with, with the help and input of, of, of RJ and um, volunteers in our chapters. I also work with um, all of our wonderful chapters. So I help them um, with any needs that they have, and I also help with the chapter development. So if, if you're interested in becoming a Trips for Kids chapter, you would be talking to me. And um, we would be working through that um, from the very beginning and as you grow. So that's pretty much it. And before we go any further, I do want one of you to describe what Trips for Kids is and what it does and maybe how it got started as well. Archie, do you want to do that or do you want me to? I'll, I will, I'll take a stab at it, but I think Amy's got uh, the best dime size story or nickel story as we call it uh, but yeah the trips for kids started uh, in 1987-88 uh, with Marilyn Price who was you know saw a lot of, of need in, in local San Francisco Bay Area communities for for people to who didn't normally have the chance to to go outdoors and kids that were, you know, either in the canal community, similar to where I work uh, in Marin County or in San Francisco and Tenderloin and, and areas where, where the kids really never got a chance to go into the outdoors and explore the outdoors. And she was, you know, one of the pioneers of mountain biking and friends with all of the, the pioneers, you know, Gary Fishers and the Otis guys of, of the early days. And she really used the tool and saw the, the tool of the bicycle as a, a way to, to change kids' lives. So she started by 
loading up her old Volvo station wagon with bicycles on the roof and took a bunch of kids out to Mount Tam, which is the local open space where we are in Merge County, Hawaii, and uh, saw that the difference it really could make in their lives uh, from a transformative experience like cycling in an outdoor, beautiful outdoor area, really seeing how it could change the kids' lives and, and for the better. Uh, and so that was that was kind of how we got started. Uh, and what ended up happening was as the program grew in the local uh, Marin scene in, in the Bay Area, people heard about it. And, uh, it actually, and I think Amy tells this better, so I'm going to leave this to her, but it, she got some, some uh, national acclaim from, from news and other, uh, and CNN awards. And so she started having people reach out to her and ask her, you know, how are you doing this? How, you know, we want to do this too. Uh, and Amy, I would love it if you told sure. that part of it. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, no, RJ, you did great. You know, Marilyn likes to tell that we're, we're still very much in contact with Marilyn. In fact, I've, I've got a, I've, she's left me a message. I'll be giving her a call back actually today. But um, Marilyn likes to tell the story when, when she took the, the kids first up, up the mountain, um, she had this one little boy and he, he was a little, he was a little overweight and was having a, a challenge trying to get up the mountain. So Marilyn and another volunteer helped push him up the mountain um, together so that he could he could make it up there and be able to look over um, his 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 city and see it from a different perspective. And in that moment, really, I, Marilyn said it not only changed you know the kids that they brought up, including that that young man, but also the volunteers and herself. And RJ is absolutely correct. Marilyn got contacted by a magazine a couple decades ago, and um, they did the story about her, and she started getting. She started getting contacted from people, not just across the country, but around the world. I mean, at one time, Trips for Kids had a chapter in Sierra Leone, as well as in Israel. And um, people were asking her, well, how did you get, how did you do this? And, and, and how can we do this? And so Marilyn went back to her current partners and she talked with them. And basically, she started helping other chapters form. And... Our very first chapter after um, Trips for Kids Marin was formed was on the East Coast of the U.S. Um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Charlotte um, modeled their their chapter very similar to what Marin had done, um, which was um, they eventually opened up a recyclery. They started running um, trail rides, and they also started doing earn a bike programs in their area. And then it just started happening from there. Um, different chapters opened up um, over over the years. At one time, we had um, probably um, throughout the years, we've had 150 chapters. You know, not all of them um, have lasted for various reasons. And, and because of those reasons, in 2015, Marilyn stepped down as, as the executive director of, of Trips for Kids Marin. And at that time, they were kind of tasked with both trying to run um, their own nonprofit as Trips for Kids Marin, and then also trying to service all the other chapters across the country, as well as try to grow the organization. And it was really hard. It was getting harder for them to do. So in 2017, the board of Trips for Kids Marin decided to form a separate 501c3. And that became Trips for Kids. And um, they hired um, an, an executive director in August of 2017. And then I came on board shortly after that in October. And we started getting started. Um, 
Now, the organization, Trips for Kids National, is so many other nonprofits um, when they're in their first years, because even though we're a we're a, a 32-year-old organization founded in 1988, our Trips for Kids, you know, um, umbrella, the Trips for Kids North America, um, part of it is actually just three years old. And so um, we have gone through our own metamorphosis through the years. And as I had mentioned to you, you know, we're now a, a staff of two um, as an organization. But I'm happy to tell you that since we got started in 2017, we've actually um, onboarded 15 new chapters. And so um, National has is really um, doing our best to make sure that the needs of our, our chapters that are currently active and the chapters that we're bringing on board are met as we move forward because they're the ones that are truly responsible for reaching out to the kids in their communities and, and working with them. And you, you talked about, you know, why we exist. It's because we believe in the transformative power of the, of the bicycle itself. Um, the bicycle, you know, a lot of people see it as just a mode of transportation. We see it as a tool um, to do so many other things. It's a tool to build self-confidence. It's a tool to build independence. It's a tool to um, to really um, build skills. And then also, um, it's a way for kids to connect through nature because a lot of our kids, they never get off the pavement of their own, of their own city, their own block. And with Trips for Kids, this allows them the opportunity because many kids, you know, don't have bicycles. Um, and so our rides give them the opportunity to actually get on bicycles and ride. Um, and so that's really kind of, I, I think I got off on a tangent. I'm a, I'm a very talkative kind of, kind of gal, Emma. So hopefully that <laughs> answered your question. Yeah. Can you talk more about some of the programs that you offer at the national level and then throughout the chapters? I'm not sure exactly how the chapters work. So if you want to also talk about that too. Well, what I'm going to let I'm going to talk a little bit about the programs that we offer, and then all of our chapters um, make the decision on what programs they want to offer um, in their own communities because they're the ones that are most attached, and they're the ones, um, you know, based on what what they're what they're able to connect with locally, um, you know, as far as um, advocates in their own area and the kids they want to connect with, whether they're working with foster youth, whether they're working with kids through a boys and girls club. Um, every chapter looks different, Emma. Um, our chapters, no chapter looks alike. We have some that operate the same programs, but they may operate the programs a little bit differently in their areas based on the needs of their community and their kids. So from a national level, we offer um, we offer our discovery trail rides, um, and we offer our earn a bike program. And then um, we have we have the mobile bike clinics, but those are kind of part of um, how the discovery trail rides are are actually set up. So what we really do is we try to get kids, you know, into trails in their areas, safe areas where they can ride. And, you know, we don't necessarily use the term mountain bicycling. You know, we use mountain bicycles um, uh, with, with riding, but because we've got, we may have um, people that, you know, we've got, we've got, we've got chapters in, um, in North Carolina, we've got chapters in Texas, we've got chapters in Denver, we've got chapters all over the U.S. and also in North America. So the, the terrain looks different you know, for, for the area. So we, we take kids out on bikes and we take them out on rides. Now, one of the programs that I absolutely love, which um, not all of our chapters operate, I would say a handful of them do right now is our earn a bike program. And the earn a bike program is a way for youth to learn about the bicycle, 
learn about the basic bike mechanics and also bike safety. And they do that through a hands-on um, program. And we just actually um, unveiled a STEM curriculum this year that our chapters that um, want to, to operate earn a bike program can take advantage of in their own areas. Um, I'm going to actually um, pass the baton back to RJ because RJ, when he was with Trips for Kids Marin, actually ran their earn a bike program. And he can tell you a little bit more on a, a, a greater level since he actually was hands-on with the program. RJ, you want to talk a little bit more about earn a bike? Sure. Yeah, earn a bike was, was one of the first programs to get started. But, you know, we started with rides early on and then as more interest developed uh, in the programs and in trips for kids there was a need for a few different things and one of those things was developing potential job skills uh, another thing was developing youth from a different standpoint so getting on a bike and riding a bike is a lot of what you know what trips for kids is about but from my side, as my background is in bike mechanics, is working on the bicycle teaches so many skills beyond just the experiences and uh, the the fun of riding a bike. And so, the Earn a Bike program operates in so many different ways, depending on which chapter is operating it. Uh, for our program that I ran in Marin, we focused primarily on bicycle mechanics, and we taught a beginner level, intermediate level, and advanced level curriculum of everything from learning how to pump up a tire to building a wheel. Uh, so, you know, we went, we ran the full gambit uh, of, of skills. And what it does is it really builds an understanding of so many different elements of science and math, but also tactile uh, and mechanical skills that you wouldn't necessarily gain in a normal educational environment. So originally it was uh, in Marin, it was kind of a job skills program to, to help the youth uh, in the area where we were working develop a skill set that would translate into either working at a bike shop or you know, I have students that, uh, that were previous students from the program that ended up as bike mechanics, car mechanics, IT people, uh, all kinds of different um, construction and contractor type work. So it really did start to develop that skill set. And, and as we unveiled our STEM curriculum this year, it's, it really does go hand in hand with STEM education and uh, especially, you know, engineering, mathematics and physics and, and chemistry and how it all relates to the bicycle. Because the bicycle really is as I didn't coin this, but one of our employees who's been a longtime employee of Marin uh, said, you know, the bicycle is a walking physics experiment or rolling physics experiment. And there's so many different elements of a bicycle that can be used to teach different elements of science and math and understanding uh, different types of motion and different types of force and different types of um, physics experiments that you can do with just a bicycle. So really what it became was was such a developmental and educational type program. And then depending on where it's run, you know, for example, in Charlotte, they focus a lot more on rider safety and riding skills because what they see as a need in their community is 
the ability for their kids that graduate and earn these bicycles to be safe on the bicycle once they have it. So as I stated there, the key element of this is any of these programs is that as the students participate and graduate from the program, they earn a bicycle and a helmet. And then depending on depending on which uh, chapter and how they run their program, they might also earn a lock or a light or a water bottle. But the key thing is they're gonna be earning a bicycle for putting in the work that they're putting in. And then, uh, you know, it, with my program, when I ran it in Marin, I had a 75% return rate of students from the beginner program. So, you know, most of the kids would participate earn a bicycle and then come back and want to learn more about it and more about how to work on it. Wow, that's a really cool program and a great opportunity for for allowing kids to have the opportunity to have a bike but having to earn it. So I really like that. Um, how was it impacted in 2020 with um, the year that it's been? Have you been able to put on these programs and been able to continue a little bit of normalcy or has it been completely shut down? Yeah, so that was, I remember the day that uh, California went into lockdown and it was, I was sitting in the warehouse where I normally teach classes and preparing for my class that evening, which was going to be the uh, the second class in an intermediate session. We're going into learning about bicycle hubs and wheels and I remember thinking, well, this is going to be interesting. Uh, and, you know, initially there was there was a little bit of a, a pause in programming. Um, and then we, we slowly and but surely adapted to virtual programming uh, and programming where we could offer a similar level of education, unfortunately without as much hands-on, but the reality of, you know, 2020 is that, you know, that's, that's just the way it was is we you know we wanted to continue to offer these programs we knew we couldn't do it in person so we had to adapt and i think this is a great opportunity actually to talk about the newest program that we're offering from a national level for our chapters to be able to use and and that's our uh, learn and earn a bike program so i'm going to pass the tom back to amy because she's she's the one that really came up with this uh and pioneered it well, it, like I said, we're, we're, we're all in this together. And, and what RJ had mentioned to you is, you know, th this this year has been um, uh, for, for so many, um, you know, trying to find ways to persevere and, you know, adapt and overcome, right? Um, all the challenges are out there. And some of our chapters were able to continue um, on a limited basis, as, as RJ said, on modified programming. Um, we had one chapter in, in Charlotte that did their earn a bike program outside they did it with the instructor in a center of a circle with everybody socially distanced, um, as well as all wearing masks. And they each had their own bikes that were all wiped down and they would perform certain things on, on the bicycles. So they had a little bit of hands-on, but not something that, that they normally would have, right? But the program did continue on um, so that they could do it. And, and then they limited the number of youth um, that could participate in the program. Um, we, you know, Looking at this year, um, so many kids obviously, you know, stuck at home as well um, because of the fact that they're, you know, having to to learn from home and not knowing what the future brings. You know, obviously, 2021, we feel has a lot of hope, but we realized this year that we wanted to be able to bring Earn a Bike 
even to the chapters that were unable to necessarily have a facility to, to, to do this with. Um, you know, when you do an earn a bike program, you have to have a place for it. You have to have a place to store bicycles. You have to have the pieces and the parts. There's a lot that goes into, um, you know, having a, 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 a nice and um, uh, I can't even think of the term today to, to have a robust earn a bike program. Um, and so what we what we thought about doing was we we have many partners out there. And one of our partners is Free Bikes for Kids. Free Bikes for Kids gives away refurbished, free refurbished bicycles in, in certain areas of the country. And, you know, we take kids on bike rides as well as teach them how to earn bicycles. So um, we decided to pilot a program uh, in November um, called the Learn and Earn Online Program. And um, we, I think we, we piloted this um, through three of our chapters three or four of our chapters in five cities, 21 kids participate in the program. And what, what we did was we did an online format where we did, um, you know, um, we did four live sessions that RJ actually taught. And each of the kids were given an opportunity to choose from two live sessions each week based on what their, their way that they could, they could, you know, whether it was after school or before school. And RJ taught a modified version of our new STEM curriculum. And um, the kids that participate in the program then would receive a refurbished bicycle, um, a new bicycle helmet, as well as a bike lock. 21 kids started the program and 21 kids completed the program. In fact, our last bicycle is getting shipped out this week. Um, all of the other chapter, all of the other youth, 20 youth have their, their, their bicycles and their bike helmets and their locks. And we thought it was, it was very successful. And we have several corporate partners that are very interested in this concept that we plan on doing this on an educational modular platform in 2021 where kids can sign in. Um, it could, you know, for, for six modules and at the end of the module, they each will earn a refurbished bicycle from Free Bikes for Kids, a new helmet and a new bike lock from our sponsor. And we're still working through, um, you know, the, the, the actual details of this um, and how we're going to do it. But we do plan on rolling this out to uh, on a on a smaller scale with the modular platform in 2021 because what we want to be able to do is the chapters that that don't have the ability to run an actual earn a bike program that they'll be able to offer this to their youth so their youth you know we have bike fleets right and a lot of the kids that come and ride with us don't have their bicycle own bicycles to take home so the only opportunity they can ride a bicycle is with their when they're with our chapter so this will enable the kids that don't have their own bicycles to be able to continue to ride when they're not riding with our chapters and then be able to take their own bicycle with them on the rise to our chapter. So in, in, you know, it'll enable our own chapters to actually extend their fleet in some way so that the kids that didn't have bicycles can bring their own bicycles and those that, that still don't have their bicycles can ride on our, our bicycles that we provide each chapter. So that's kind of the concept behind that. Wow. So cool to be able to transition to doing that in a year where you weren't necessarily able to do what you usually do. Um, so I'm curious, do you, where are you getting these bikes for? Are you, is the organization purchasing them themselves? Do you have a bike sponsor or do people donate gently used bikes? How does all that work? Well, that's, that's a great question. So specific to 
are trapters. Now, there, there's two different chains of thought. For the Learn and Earn a Bike program, Free Bikes for Kids is working with us on pri- providing the refurbished bicycles right now um, for the Learn and Earn a Bike online program. Um, and, and then um, chapters that have recycleries can also provide bicycles through that program as well. Now, for Chips for Kids chapters, when chapters get started with Chips for Kids, we actually have um, a bicycle sponsor, Giant Bicycling, um, along with their sister uh, corporation, Live Cycling, is our bicycle sponsor. So every new chapter that gets started with Chips for Kids gets a bicycle fleet of five bicycles, brand new mountain bikes that they can use. In addition to other items, you know, such as helmets, and, and water bottles and uh, cliff bars. We've got a really robust package um, for our new chapters. And, you know, one of the, the challenges right now, which is actually a good challenge to have is, you know, if, if you're a cyclist, you know right now that uh, there are no bicycles to be had. Yeah. When, when the pandemic uh, got started, people started waking up, right? They started going, well, you know, bicycles are really great to get places to. And I don't have to be stuck in a subway or a car. Um, I can actually, you know, ride a bicycle to get to and from work. And then it started, well, I can actually get a bicycle to go to and from the store. Um, And people started, you know, purchasing bicycles that they'd never had before. So inventory, which which RJ will be able to talk a lot more about um, because he 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 talks with our, our partners um, on, a, on a daily basis. Inventory starts to you know get low. So you know we have new chapters that have started and we've our 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 partners are very committed um, to our organization. And um, you know we may not get the equipment as quickly as we once were, you know, due to the pandemic, but all of our, our new chapters all will get their bike fleets. And what we do with the chapters that are that don't get their bike fleets right away is we we teach them how to extend their bike fleets in their communities and, you know, to get new you know, other bicycles um, donated and in their areas. And we, and we, we show them how to do that so that they can get started without having the new bike fleet at hand, but also um, helping them find ways to extend their bike fleet as well. RJ, do you want to talk a little bit about the, the partners themselves and, and what they provide our chapters? Sure. Yeah. So depending on the partner we have, lots of different industry partners that are extremely generous in what they're what they offer us and what they're able to give us and you know in a normal year we would be able to provide our chapters with five new bikes as um, as amy said and provide them with helmets and locks and all the things that we would want to provide them with so that they could easily operate a chapter uh, and operate a rides program but you know, this year has been a bit challenging uh, for obviously lots of other reasons as well. But, you know, the, the bike industry, uh, the demand is, is huge uh, and the supply chain, unfortunately, uh, has not caught up yet. Um, so there's been, you know, two issues with that uh, on, on providing what we want to normally provide. But we've got, like, like Amy said, giant bicycles, they provide bicycles uh, as well as live uh, and then we've got cali protectives as a helmet sponsor we have you know we're growing our partnership with multiple different partners across the bicycle industry including shimano quality bike products and what we want to be able to do is make sure that the chapters are 
easily able to run their programs and provide them with anything that they would need to do that. So we're constantly listening to our chapters and asking them, hey, what do you need? What do you need that we're not providing? What What's your wish list so that we can go out and specifically me go out and, and look for those types of partnerships and sponsorships that will provide you with the the tools you need to run your programs effectively. I think I'm most shocked about hearing all that you are do you both are doing with the organization and all that the organization is doing and knowing that it's just you two as the only staff members, it must be a crazy amount of work for the both of you to get it all put together and, and run so smoothly with all these incredible programs that are offered. Well, I think the one big thing, too, is that we do have an incredibly active board. Um, yeah, absolutely. One thing that changed at the beginning of this year is that, you know, with with everything kind of in crisis mode, quite literally around the world, uh, and and things changing rapidly for you know for many different organizations and businesses, what what was quickly apparent was that we were going to need our board to step up and and they definitely did uh, and so we have you know board members that are um, active industry uh, employees and have been within the bicycle industry and other industries that are relevant uh, to us for many years and so they're you know really helping with providing contacts to to those industry partners that we're reaching out to um marilyn you know who started trips for kids um i don't know that there's anyone in the bicycle industry who's been around for a long time that doesn't know who she is so you know what i hear all the time from different uh industry partners and, and contacts that i have is you know i we would do anything for a Maryland hug is, is, a, is a common term. You know, it's, it's, she, she built a, a relationship with so many different um, industry partners and it, it shows that, you know, her passion showed through and really drove a lot of those, uh, those people who have been in the industry for a long time and know who we are and want to, to continue to support what we're doing. Um, I won't speak for Amy, but I know that we both work, uh, hours that are not necessarily normal, uh, as far <laughs> as the amount and timing, but, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can, uh, earn a living in this world. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of ways you can do that and actually really enjoy what you're doing. Uh, and when you do that and you have that good mix, it, it doesn't really matter the amount of hours you put in. It's just, did I get done what I need to get done? And are we providing a real tangible difference to the youth that we're serving? No, I have to, I have to echo um, at what, what RJ said. You know, we are very passionate about the roles that we're playing and we get to work with such amazing people. You know, RJ had... Um, RJ was able to kind of straddle both sides, being a part of an actual chapter itself, um, as well as, you know, working with National. And he's, he's recently um, moved, moved over to completely to um, uh, our, you know, Trips for Kids itself. Um, we're a virtual organization, Emma. So, you know, RJ is on the West Coast and I am on the East Coast in Florida. So he's in California, I'm in, in Florida, and then our board members are sprinkled all throughout 
um, the U.S. And then, of course, we've got chapter directors all over the place, you know, in, in every every time zone. Um, and one of the things that I I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm a mom. I'm a mom of two kids. And because of the way that the board has um, has worked with us, you know, they allow us, we, we definitely have, you know, we, we work a lot of hours. Um, but sometimes it doesn't feel like that, babe, because we're able to do work balance, you know, with life. And, you know, I can I can run out and, and make an appointment with my kids or, or do something and be on a call at, you know, a board call at seven o'clock Eastern or um, meeting with, with someone on, you know, for a, a chapter happy hour that we do with our, our chapters um, each month. And, and we get on board with that. So we get to work with amazing people all over North America. And everybody is passionate about, about connecting kids to, to the outdoors, you know, helping them see the world, not through, you know, the windshield of a car or of a train, um, but to see, see it through, you know, the eyes of a bicycle. It's it's a great it's a great job. It's I mean um, I enjoy getting up every day and 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 signing onto my computer because no day is is the same as the one before. You know, so we don't mind juggling. I I, I don't want to speak from RJ, but I think I can I can safely say that we both truly enjoy what we do and the people that we get to work with, from our partners to our directors to our staff. Um, know, uh, throughout our chapters. And Marilyn is still very much a part um, of the organization. And she's always there to lend an ear and and to check in. You know, Marilyn is actually a CNN hero herself. Um, She's, you know, recognized nationally. She started this all by herself with, with volunteers. And you know, those are tough shoes to fill. So I don't say that we, we fill her shoes. We just have new shoes that we, you know, are, are beside hers. And she's really, she, she started Trips for Kids and uh, still is with us to give us guidance. And if if she, she's needed to show up to, a, to Sea Otter or to be on video or to talk with someone, she, she makes herself available to us. Just an amazing, amazing human being. I appreciate the both of you sharing that. It seems like that's something everyone wants to reach in life is to be able to not call work work, to call it your passion and something that you just really wake up excited to do and and working for a cause that matters. And and that's exactly what both of you are doing. Um, So I do want to touch on, Amy, you had brought up you had said before the interview about the holiday match with quality bicycle products that you got. And I think in a tough year, it's really exciting to be able to celebrate something that good that happened. So do you want to share a bit about that? No, that's great. Um, You know, when we went into, if you're not part of a nonprofit organization, you wouldn't know, but, you know, giving hashtag giving Tuesday, RJ will be rolling his eyes when I say hashtag giving Tuesday, but giving Tuesday, um, uh, really kicks off the holiday season. And we have never had a corporate match partner, you know, um, from from a national level. And being just three years old ourselves um, with our team, uh, we were talking with Quality Bicycle Products and we wanted to see, um, you know, we wanted to see if there was someone out there that would be willing to help us. And, you know, during a difficult year, kind of 
push it um, into 2021 because we have so much that we want to accomplish in the new year. And when we spoke, when RJ spoke with Quality Bicycle Products and, and told them about, you know, our holiday match campaign and what we were doing and what we wanted to do in 2021, they didn't hesitate. They just said, absolutely, we will we will match uh, up to ten thousand dollars. And right now, we're currently at we're currently at seventy one hundred dollars. So we have roughly twenty nine hundred dollars left to raise, and um, we really are confident that in the next couple days that we'll we'll reach that. We're trying to you know step. We're trying to get our information out to more people and and to learn more about trips for kids and what we do. And uh, we have quality. Bicycle Products is really helping us doing that, as well as some of our other corporate partners that are putting us up on their social media and, and telling others about who we are and what we do. Um, the industry recognizes Maryland. They, they know about us, but there's so many other people that we want to reach uh, to let them know. There's so many um, other people that could start chapters in their area. So we're really trying to push in this coming year to, to get started with, with more chapters and um, more growth in 2021, even through a difficult time. Kids need us more than ever, right? They're cooped up at home. They're stuck in front of a computer. Some are struggling because they can't focus or they're just going stir crazy. And guess what? The bicycle can help them with, with you know, getting out there and exercising. And the bicycle, a lot of people don't know this, but it actually helps kids focus on their schoolwork. It, you know, kids that ride their bicycles to school focus better than kids that don't. So it's, it, we're, we're really excited about quality bicycle products really stepping up and helping us with this holiday match. So thanks, Emma, for, for bringing that up. Absolutely. Congratulations on that and the rest of the plans for 2021. It's exciting to hear all that you're doing and and different things that are coming about in the organization and what the two of you are really coming together to do. I'm I'm excited to continue to watch it grow and see all the lives that you touch. Thank you, Emma. We appreciate that. Yeah. So to wrap up here, um, with the end of the podcast questions, firstly, what is the best or most recent book that you've read or something that you've watched? RJ, do you want to start? You're, you're, you're good on the documentaries. I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just watched a documentary. Well, I watched a few documentaries recently, but I watched one which I think a few people have watched recently and actually was a recommendation from one of my board members, which was The Social Dilemma. Um, it's a very, very interesting, very disturbing, but very interesting <laughs> documentary, uh, really detailing the the kind of monster that social media has has turned into. And I think that, you know, as we go into this this new world that we're we're in now with so much being virtual and with the youth that we work with, what I really hope for them is that there's not so much emphasis on on social media and its importance, but it's a really interesting, um, very in-depth, scary, but very interesting documentary about how powerful social media has become. And Amy, what about you? Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a geek um, on so many different levels. I would say one of the books that I, the last books that I read was The Secret Life of Houdini. I've always been fascinated with uh, the magician Houdini. So that was probably the most recent book that I completed was that one. 
Great recommendations from both of you. I, I've heard a lot about the social dilemma and I need to check it out because I haven't yet. Um, and then in, for both of you, who or what is illuminating or inspiring in your life right now? Oh, God. Well, I mean, the easy answer for us is, is always Marilyn. I mean, we I don't want to steal Amy's answer if that is Amy's answer. But, you know, I, I'm really um, every time I, I get to step off a phone call with her, I feel reinvigorated to do what we're doing. And so I think that's I mean, what you what you can take away from that is that and I hope she doesn't get offended. But, you know, as an 80 year old woman who rides a bike more than I do on a weekly basis, which is, you know, motivating, but also slightly sad for me. But, you know, it's 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 amazing that she can do everything she does and still, you know, have so much vigor to do what she you know, what she believes is right. You know, and it's it's not just trips for kids. You know, she's always doing something that she believes. (laughs) And so it's it's hard to to not feel motivated after having a phone call with her and and honestly i when i have phone calls with her you know it's like 45 minutes hour in and we're still chatting and (laughs) and i'm just happy to talk to her so that would be definitely Marilyn would be up there for me i i have to i have to agree with with rj on that as well Marilyn, it's funny because i think she was born an advocate (laughs) emma um she just it's in her blood and if she's not doing something to do good um, the woman doesn't sleep, you know, she, she stays up. A lot of people don't know. She, I get emails from her at, you know, 3 a.m. Pacific. <laughs> she, she is, she's 80, but she just, you, you wouldn't know it. She just, she's quite something. But, you know, other, other folks that illuminate, I, I have to give our props up to, to our chapter directors. Through this difficult time, you know, when you live in different areas of the country, it's real easy when you're in an office, right? And you go and you meet in a conference room and you're sitting around a table and you're sharing thoughts and you're sharing uh, stuff like that. But, you know, we, we don't have that luxury, you know, as a virtual organization, most of our chapters are all volunteer driven, Emma, all volunteer. We have about five chapters that are brick and mortar or they have paid staff. Most of our chapters are all doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. You know, they're, they have other full-time jobs um, or they may be retired and, and they do this. So, it, you know, in a time like this, we, we've found new ways to connect. And, um, you know, we would have Zoom meetings and some of them, some of them are happy hour calls. Like we just get on and, and chapters that can join us will kind of just, you know, um, talk about what's going on and, and how people are doing. But we also share best practices. So when the pandemic really started uh, to, to, to impact um, back in March and April, everybody was worried about, you know, how they were going to move on and how are they going to, you know, connect with kids. And some of our chapters were able to, you know, modify their program and others, you know, are, are, are waiting um, for various reasons. It could be because they're you know, there are no chapters that look alike, but there's no chapter directors that look alike, right? We're a very diverse organization um, in every aspect, even even from age. So we've got some chapter directors that are that are older, and we have some that are that are young, some that are married, some that are single, some that are retired, some that work full time. And we, you know, we shared. We would get together and we talk about, you know, what is this chapter doing, and how does it work for their area? How would that chapter suggest working, you know, in a different area? And we were able to all, you know, 
figure out ways to connect, really sharing um, thoughts and sharing feelings and sharing concerns and sharing, you know, what what their goals are and their ambition and, and how this was all going to work out. And, you know, I call all of my, my chapter directors, I even call RJ this, um, they're all my brothers and sisters. You know, we're all part of this this national family that does the work, you know, individual work in their own communities. And what works in one community may not necessarily work in another community, but we hitchhike off the ideas. We discuss things. We, we share what works and what doesn't work so that other chapters don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel. So I have to eliminate our chapter directors because you know, so many of them came together during a difficult time and they all want to lift each other up. They all want to help each other get through this time, whether, you know, and, and we all become friends, right? Um, over time, we, we, we know about each, you know, the lives of each other and what we're going through. And, you know, me personally, it's been a very difficult year for, for many reasons. I, I recently lost my mother and our chapter directors reached out to me and, and, you know, wanted to find out how they could help me. And it really just touched me in a way, you know, I, I didn't expect that, but it really touched my heart. And we're one big family, Emma. We're one big family. And we couldn't do this without our chapter directors. We just couldn't. We wouldn't exist. So I have to illuminate them. Wow. What a great shout out to them and just another testament to the organization that you all are building and have created and all the people that you have brought together. It's it's really great to hear that. And then what is an organization that you would like to illuminate? Well, We've got so many partners out there. I, I, will, I will say um, I'd like to eliminate um, free bikes for kids. You know, when they had, um, uh, when we asked them if they wanted to be part of the, the new Learn and Earn um, online program, they didn't hesitate. They said, absolutely. We, we want to be part of this pilot program and learn more uh, about it. And when, you know, we had some other youth cycling organizations and I know that we're supposed to just do one, but I will, I will say that, People for Bikes, uh, you know, they they really have uh, have stepped up to help a lot of, of other um, cycling organizations, including Trips for Kids. Right now, People for Bikes is is running a fundraiser for us through April on their website, where they're giving back 15% of the proceeds of their merchandise when you purchase on on online to Trips for Kids. But they're also going to do that for other cycling organizations we're just the first first participant we've we've got some great partners out there and it, it i'd love to name them all but i will have to say you know for the forefront i would say free bikes for kids and, and people for bikes rj i didn't mean to step on on you do you have any other That's okay. thoughts <laughs> no i was i was i was going to say uh, people for bikes but that's okay no, i i think you said it just as well or better than i could have Awesome. Yeah, I'm in Colorado and I've I've recently stumbled upon their organization cuz I think their headquarters is in Boulder if I'm correct. Um, but yeah, to wrap that this up, what are both of your messages to the world? RJ, you go first. Oh, we want <laughs> You always put me on the spot, huh? <laughs> well, I, I I took your thunder out the last day. I'm sorry. Yeah, cool. <laughs> sorry to do that. Um, I think that, you know, it's been a it's been a tough year for a lot of people. It's been a tough um, it's been a tough year for many different reasons. And I think that there's, you know, there's rather, whether it's politically or, or otherwise a lot of divisiveness going on right now. And I think that 
we just have to remember that we're all human beings and at the core, most of us are very similar. Uh, so in more ways, we are similar than we are different. And if we, if we really push for that and more people realize that, then I think that it's a, it's a much brighter future going forward. Um, I think that's something that we may have forgotten uh, a lot of people and it's hard to, hard to remember when you're being forced to physically distance from people, but you know, we're, we're all in this together. Uh, this is, you know, this is something that we're going to come out on the other end of eventually. And I think we'll come out a lot stronger if we remember that. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Um, it's hard to follow you, RJ. Um, what would my, uh, God, there's so many in my, in my, my mind, um, specifically, um, you know, just to be kind to one another, as, as RJ mentioned, this has been a difficult year on so many people for so many different reasons. I mean, someone could be in, in, incredibly grumpy and we just make assumptions about that person, but we don't know what happened in their life or what happened to them that morning. Or, you know, maybe there, there's someone um, that in their life that they care deeply for and, and they're sick and they can't get to them for whatever reason. But, you know, to be kind and understanding, we are such a, a divided nation right now. And, um, you know, being able to agree to disagree that we're all human, we all have opinions, but, um, you know, to just to be more tolerant of one another um, and that everybody's a human being, everybody's feelings are viable and just to be kind. All right. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Amy and RJ. And if you want to continue to follow along with all that they are doing with Trips for Kids, you can find them on their website at tripsforkids.org or on Instagram and Facebook at Trips for Kids National. You can also hear more from some of the chapters and other people involved with Trips for Kids on their podcast, which is the Trips for Kids Pedal Pod, where their host shares conversations with people that are involved in various chapters or involved in the organization in some way. So make sure to check that podcast out. And if you're enjoying listening to the Illuminate podcast, we would love if you gave us a follow over on Twitter at Illuminate underscore pod or on Instagram at the Illuminate podcast. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and for listening to my conversation this week. I hope you have a great rest of your week.